0: Today, on Spiritual Awakening Radio, the case for the Book of Enoch as scripture and key spiritual teachings to be found in the Book of Enoch. And by the Book of Enoch, I'm referring to the Book of 1st Enoch, 2nd Enoch, and 3rd Enoch. Long, long ago, I was reading. From the New Testament, using the Berkeley translation of the Bible, I was reading the book of Jude, a short one-chapter book near the end of the New Testament, and came upon Jude verses 14 and 15 and saw this quote. Jude was quoting something. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints, and so on. Uh, this was a quote that Jude was making. And the footnote at the bottom of the page said that Jude was quoting from another book. A book called First Enoch. Jude was quoting from First Enoch chapter 1 verse 9. The Book of Enoch is not found in the Table of Contents of the Bible. It's not an Old Testament book, but is something else, something other. What is this Book of First Enoch? I thought to myself at the time. This, for me, turned out to be a kind of life-changing, revolutionary discovery. Here we have this New Testament author... Quoting this scripture not found in the Bible called the book of First Enoch. What's up with that? Tell me more about this book of First Enoch. Where did it come from? Why isn't it in the Bible now? What does it have to say? Who used it? Where does it come from? How does it fit into the history of Scripture? It wasn't too long after that time that I discovered a source that was selling copies of the book of 1st Enoch, a translation of 1st Enoch in English, as well as the book of 2nd Enoch. Thus began my exploration of the world of apocryphal scriptures, extra-canonical writings, lost books of the Bible, someone else's scripture, a book that some people in antiquity valued, but not everyone apparently. It began my whole exploration of the books of Enoch, Dead Sea Scrolls, Nag Hammadi Library, the King James Version of the Apocrypha is a book I eventually purchased that contains books that are found in some King James pulpit Bibles, but generally are not included in the regular King James Version. Several additional books, and I began to learn about these books who used them. Where did they come from? What did they have to say? The better translations of the New Testament, including the Berkeley Bible, have footnotes properly attributing that passage from Jude to 1 Enoch chapter 1, verse 9. And, of course, one can look up the reference in a translation of the book of 1 Enoch and see exactly what Jude was quoting, along with the surrounding Verses. So for me, discovering that quote, noticing that New Testament author quoting the book of 1st Enoch, chapter 1, verse 9, it was for me a life changing experience, a kind of door in the sky, a kind of uh, gateway to another world, a world where you ask questions, where you do your own research, where you don't necessarily accept the orthodox prevalent view, but do your own research and independently check things out for yourself and get to know a subject. Soon I found a source to be able to buy for myself a copy of the books of first and second Enoch and many other books as well. A few years later, I eventually acquired the book of third Enoch, a lesser known book of Enoch in the Enoch tradition. And you know, it turns out that Jude also quoted or alluded to another lost book of the Bible or scroll on his shelf. Jude quoted from another apocryphal scripture. Jude in verse 9 quotes this interesting passage. Even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, the Lord rebuke you. And Jude, apparently here, was referring to a story found in the Testament of, or Assumption of, Moses, authored approximately sometime during the first century AD. Some better Bible footnotes will have a footnote referring to this, this verse of Jude, verse 9, as alluding to... ...a story found only in the Assumption of Moses, otherwise called the Testament of Moses... ...a first century Jewish apocryphal or pseudepigraphical work... ...that purports to contain secret prophecies Moses revealed to Joshua... ...before passing leadership of the Israelites to him. Behold the scripture about Enoch the prophet who communed with God and while alive soul traveled through the heavens hearing heavenly sounds seeing heavenly lights colors encountering many beings and visions those are some of the things you'll encounter if you read the book of first Enoch and the book of second and the book of third Enoch the enochian literature represents some of the earliest scriptures of humanity Articulating the off-world concept of soul travel, that human beings while alive can explore various heavenly realms, that indeed it's part of our spiritual journey, that we do experience such visions, that this is intended to be the norm, part of our heritage, if you will, a paradise lost that can easily be found again, a mystical journey back to Eden were all invited to take. Says Enoch the prophet, before he appointed me to attend the throne of glory, the Holy One, blessed be he, open to me 300,000 gates of understanding, 300,000 gates of subtlety, 300,000 gates of life, 300,000 gates of grace, and loving-kindness, 300,000 gates of love, 300,000 gates of Torah or law, 300,000 gates of meekness or humility, 300,000 gates of compassion, 300,000 gates of worship in the heavens, in that hour the Holy One, blessed be He, added me in wisdom unto wisdom. He added understanding unto, unto understanding, subtlety unto subtlety, knowledge unto knowledge, mercy unto mercy, instruction unto instruction, love unto love, loving-kindness unto loving-kindness, goodness unto goodness, meekness unto meekness, power unto power, strength unto strength, might unto might, brilliance unto brilliance, beauty unto brilliance, splendor unto splendor, and I was honored and adorned with all of these good and praiseworthy things more than all the children of heaven. Some poetry from the Book of Enoch. The Books of Enoch consist of the Book of First Enoch, the Book of Second Enoch, also known as the Book of the Secrets of Enoch, and the Hebrew book of Enoch, also known as Third Enoch. The book of First Enoch is an ancient Jewish religious work ascribed to Enoch, the great grandfather of Noah. Of course, it wasn't really written thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Was not a not a book that goes back uh, that far in history, but about to the uh, about 300 B.C. or so, 300, 400 B.C. Some of the writings of Enoch are actually 200 B.C., and the latest part of Enoch, the Book of Third Enoch, actually dates from the 1st or 2nd or 3rd century A.D. So that is the time period that this Enochian literature was composed during that window of time, B.C. through uh, A.D., few centuries B.C., a century or two A.D., that time range. The Book of First Enoch is regarded as sacred scripture by the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, which to this day regards it to be canonical. It's in their Bibles. It is in their table of contents, along with many familiar books and some books that you probably would not recognize. Also, there's over 80 books in the Ethiopian Bible. There's another gospel in there. There's five gospels, not four. There's something called the Ascension of Isaiah, also found in the Ethiopian Bible, along with first and second Enoch, plus Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and so on. And, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Revelation, the more well-known ones. Western scholars currently assert that the older or oldest sections of the Book of First Enoch, mainly the Book of the Watchers, dates from about 300 BC. And the latest part, the Book of Parables, probably was composed at the end of the first century AD. There is no consensus among Western scholars about the original language. Some propose Aramaic, others Hebrew, Or that 1st Enoch was composed partially in Aramaic and partially in Hebrew. A short section of 1st Enoch is quoted, as I mentioned, in the New Testament, the Letter of Jude, a canonical endorsement for the book of 1st Enoch, quoted in the Letter of Jude in the New Testament. It is argued that all of the writers of the New Testament were familiar with the book of 1st Enoch and were influenced by it. In its thought and diction. The scholar R.H. Charlesworth, in one of his translations, has a long list of parallel passages between 1st Enoch and various books of the New Testament, suggesting that the book of 1st Enoch was very influential upon many of the New Testament authors. There are also parallel passages between 1st Enoch and the Quran, 1st Enoch and other ancient texts as well, a very influential. Book of antiquity. Many copies of it were found amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls. A very popular book, a bestseller from the ancient world, if you will. The first part of the Book of Enoch describes the fall of the Watchers, the angels who fathered the Nephilim. The remainder of the book describes Enoch's visions of the heavens, or visit to the heavens, in the form of travels or soul travel visions and dreams and his revelations. It's a very out-of-body or near-death experience kind of book, very visionary, off-world, very otherworldly, with a lot of descriptions of the heavens. The book of First Enoch consists of five quite distinct major sections. There are several books within the book of First Enoch, in other words, different books all lumped together by scholars under the name First Enoch, but actually First Enoch is divided into several books with a very long and complicated history of different authors. The Book of the Watchers represents First Enoch chapters 1 through 36. The Book of Parables of Enoch is First Enoch chapters 37 through 71 and is also called the similitudes of Enoch. This is also called the Son of Man section of First Enoch, as it uses that rather Christian-sounding term many times. The Book of Parables, or the Son of Man section, is the only section of the Book of First Enoch not found amongst the Dead Sea Scroll discovery. Is that because it was authored somewhat later than the other parts of First Enoch and represents a section of Enoch actually authored by Christians, making it one of the oldest Christian texts? One may speculate. It does have a very messianic tone and it either represents Jewish thinking just before the emergence of Christianity or is simultaneous with, you know, it's hard to really know for sure, but it does represent a kind of transition from Judaism to Christianity. The Son of Man section. The Astronomical Book is First Enoch chapter 72 through chapter 82, also called the Book of Heavenly Luminaries or Book of Luminaries. The Book of Dream Visions is First Enoch chapters 83 through 90, also called the Book of Dreams. The Epistle of Enoch is 1 Enoch chapters 91 through 108. Some Ethiopian scholars have suggested that the Book of Giants found amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls should be part of the collection, appearing after the Book of Watchers in place of the Book of Parables. Uh, Once again, that Son of Man section that seems a little bit uh, out of place or perhaps written later on and sounds rather Christian. Not the only example of that, I might add. The Assumption of uh, Isaiah actually uses the word Trinity and is probably a Jewish text with Christian interpolations or additions later on in its history. In any case, the shared view is that these five major recognized sections of 1st Enoch were originally independent works with different dates of composition, different authors themselves a product of much editorial arrangement, and are only later redacted into what we now call First Enoch. With all of these writings, you know, the idea that Enoch wrote Enoch, that Matthew wrote Matthew, that John wrote John, that's all sort of naive literalism. The actual history of these documents these scriptures is much more complicated you know you have uh, a group of people affiliated with a community that are fans of enoch or friends and disciples and followers of one saint or apostle or another representing the john community or the matthew community or whatnot and you have eventually documents produced and then some additions and corrections and so on Um, And so it's a much more complicated thing than a guy by the name of Matthew sitting down and writing a gospel of Matthew or Enoch, supposedly, or channeled Enoch uh, coming up with one single document. It's a very complicated thing with many authors, editors, redactors, uh, many different books combined together to make up first Enoch as we now have it. Introduction to 2nd Enoch, the book of the secrets of Enoch. The book of 2nd Enoch is also known as Slavonic Enoch, or the secrets of Enoch, is a pseudopographical text ascribed to Enoch, but actually written much later. Uh, it's ascribed to Enoch the prophet. It is usually considered to be part of the apocalyptic literature. Late 1st century BC is the dating often preferred for its composition. The text has been preserved in full only in the Slavonic language. Basically preserved by Christians who continue to read it, whether it was in the Bible or not, you know, for a number of centuries. Uh, But in 2009, it was announced that Coptic fragments of the book had been identified. It was rediscovered, the book of 2nd Enoch was rediscovered and published at the end of the 19th century. It got lost in uh, the early centuries AD, lost to the Western tradition of Christianity that is, and uh, it became one of those lost books that people heard. It once existed but no one had a copy in the western world until it was rediscovered during the 19th century and has uh, been uh, given back to anyone interested in in reading it. Most scholars consider 2nd Enoch to be composed by an unknown Jewish sectarian group, while some authors think it's a 1st century Christian text, so it's not all cut and dried as to, you know, the, the consensus about where some of these things came from, when exactly they were written. I mean, we have here a range from the first century B.C. by a Jewish sect to perhaps written by Christians sometime during the first century A.D. You know, that's the, the range of dates and possible sources for the book of Second Enoch. The critical arguments for the early dating of the text have been very largely linked to the themes of the Temple in Jerusalem and its ongoing practices and customs. Scholarly efforts have been, in this respect, mostly directed toward finding hints that the sanctuary was still standing when the original text was composed. Scholars noted that the text gives no indication that the destruction of the Temple of Jerusalem has already occurred at the time of the book's composition. So, in other words... It likely was composed before 70 AD when the Jewish Temple of Jerusalem uh, was still there. After 70 AD, it was, of course, uh, destroyed. At 70 AD, it was destroyed by Roman legions. So, most likely, 2nd Enoch was composed sometime before 70 AD. Well, after the break, we'll delve into the introduction to 3rd Enoch. And then I'll start to share about the meaning and teachings of the Book of Enoch, and eventually we'll get to the spiritual practices of the Enochian literature. The Book of Enoch, today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned for much more after this break. Today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, I'm exploring the Enochian scriptures, the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd Enoch, and the takeaway, what are some of the key spiritual teachings to be found in these mysterious ancient texts. Picking up where I left off before the break, an introduction to the book of 3rd Enoch. Third Enoch is a pseudopographical or apocryphal extra canonical scripture. It purports to have been written in the second century AD, but its origins can only be so far verified or traced back to the fifth century. Other names for third Enoch include the third book of Enoch, the Book of the Palaces, the Book of the Rabbi Ishmael, the High Priest. And it's also sometimes called the Revelation of Metatron, another name for Enoch. Modern scholars describe this book as pseudopographical, as it says it's written by Rabbi Ishmael, who became a high priest after visions of ascension to heaven, 90 AD through 135 AD. Rabbi Ishmael is a leading figure of Merkaba mysticism, Merkaba literature pertaining to visions of ascending to the heavens and the throne of God. In other words, 3rd Enoch is more distant from the Jewish Christianity of the 1st century AD or Messianic Essene Judaism and rather is very close to the tradition of Merkabah or throne chariot mysticism in the Jewish tradition and Kabbalah. The main themes running through 3rd Enoch are the Ascension of Enoch into Heaven and his transformation into the angel Metatron. In the book of Genesis it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That picture reminds me of Adam walking with God in the cool of the day. It's a picture of someone who is a friend of God, is a mystic, is communing with God. Communion with God taking place in the life of Enoch. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, it says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So once again, the image of a friend of God, a mystic, someone who communed with God, a solitary sort of hermit, all alone, spending time with God and in communion with God, kind of isolated away from the rest of humanity. Now, human beings are notorious when it comes to religion to materialize or physicalize all events of the past and, and so many uh, of the lives of, uh, lives of these mystics are turned from a mystic experience of ascension into some sort of bodily ascension into the sky. Human beings do that all the time because most don't understand the concept of soul travel or mystic ascension within or out of body experiences having visionary journeys of ascension. So they imagine somebody physically being beamed on up into the sky somehow. And this becomes the myth. This becomes the legend. But I see in the story of Enoch a solitary individual, spending time alone in contemplative meditation, having experiences of the divine. I've even seen a picture of a cave where Enoch supposedly hung out. The return of the long lost book of Enoch to the modern world is credited to the famous explorer James Bruce, who in 1773 returned from six years of traveling and he returned from Ethiopia with three copies of the lost book of 1st Enoch and 2nd Enoch. In 1821 Richard Lawrence published the first English translation, the famous scholar R.H. Charles, published an edition in 1912. In the following years, several portions of the Greek text surfaced. Then, with the discovery of K 4 of the Dead Sea Scrolls, several fragmentary copies of the Aramaic text were discovered. In fact, you can go online and see copies, uh, photos of uh, various pages of Aramaic Enoch from the Dead Sea Scroll discovery. So that book, which had been lost to the Western tradition for all of those centuries, it disappeared sometime a few centuries AD in the Christian tradition. Uh, It finally resurfaced and is back again. My case for the books of Enoch as Scripture the key points, my presentation, the case for the book of Enoch as scripture. 1. Enoch and the Dead Sea Scrolls. As I mentioned, the book of 1st Enoch was part of the Dead Sea Scrolls Bible, the Essene Bible, the Essene branch of Judaism, the Essene library of Qumran in Israel includes many fragments of 1st Enoch, a very popular book that they studied. It was very popular amongst Essene Jews and the Ebionites, those Jewish Christians, the Hebrew Christians of the first century AD. A very influential book, as I mentioned earlier. First Enoch was included amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls. In fact, it was one of the most widely read holy books at Qumran between 400 BC and 70 AD. This observation is based upon the large number of Aramaic Enoch fragments, That have been found there. Many Jews were studying Enoch before and during the time of Jesus. Point number two. Jude quoted, as I mentioned earlier. Jude quoted Enoch. The book of first Enoch. In the New Testament. The author of the book of Jude. Quoted first Enoch in his New Testament letter or epistle. A great canonical endorsement for the book of first Enoch. By the original Jesus movement. The Bibles that bear the most resemblance to the scriptures of Jude, which included the book of First Enoch, and I mentioned earlier his reference to a story found in the Assumption of Moses. The Bibles that bear the most resemblance to the scriptures of Jude and the original Aramaic-speaking Christians is the Ethiopian Bible of today, as well as the Dead Sea Scrolls, Essene, or Qumran Bible. Jude not only quotes from 1 Enoch, but also from the Assumption of Moses. Both Enoch and the Assumption of Moses were recognized as Scripture by the Essenes and were included, are still included, in the Ethiopian Bible of today, along with several other books most people don't know about, including the Ascension of Isaiah. After the break, I'll continue to share my key points, my presentation about The case for the books of Enoch being considered Scripture, you're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned for more after this break. Picking up where I left off, my case, my presentation. The case for the book of Enoch as Scripture. Point number one I made earlier, Enoch is part of the Dead Sea Scrolls Bible, was one of the books, uh, at least First Enoch, was studied at Qumran, is included amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls. The book of First Enoch is quoted in the New Testament itself by Jude, who quotes it in his New Testament epistle. And as I mentioned earlier. Some scholars have noticed there are parallels between the book of First Enoch and other New Testament authors suggesting that many individuals were greatly influenced by the book of First Enoch and that includes Jesus. Point number three, the early church father Tertullian referred to Enoch as scripture quote unquote. The early church father Tertullian quotes passages from the Book of Enoch, referring to these passages as Scripture, it says in the Scriptures, quote, blah blah blah, and it turns out to be from the Book of First Enoch. The Epistle of Jude, verse 14, is also appealed to by Tertullian as a testimonial to the authority of the Book of Enoch. Tertullian's canon of the Old Testament included the Deuterocanical books. Since he quotes most of them, he also cites the book of Enoch has inspired and thinks those who wanted to remove it were wrong. Barnabas, Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, Origen, and Clement of Alexandria were also fans of Enoch. The book of Enoch was extant centuries before the birth of Christ and yet is considered by many to be more Christian in its theology than Jewish. It was considered scripture by many early Christians. The earliest literature of the Church Fathers is filled with references to this mysterious book. 2nd and 3rd century Church Fathers like Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, Origen of Alexandria, and Clement of Alexandria all make use of the Book of Enoch. Tertullian, as I mentioned, even referred to the Book of Enoch as Scripture. The Ethiopian church included the book of Enoch as part of their official canon. Point number four, the epistle or letter of Barnabas. Like some other major leaders, Barnabas quoted from Enoch, even using the term scripture to describe Enochian passages. And there's a book called Early Christian Writings, The Apostolic Fathers, published by Penguin Classics that includes a document known as the Epistle of Barnabas. So, if you check out the Epistle of Barnabas, you'll see him refer to Enoch as, it says in the Scriptures, <laughs> and then it's a, it turns out to be references to the Book of Enoch. Point number five, Enoch is in the Bible. It's, it's already in the Bible, the Ethiopian Bible. The Ethiopian Orthodox Bible includes the books of 1st and 2nd Enoch. The Ethiopian Bible contains the books of Enoch and several other surprising books once banned and thought to be forever lost, thus preserving this earlier understanding dating back to the time of the Dead Sea Scrolls and the New Testament, including the time of Jude that viewed Enoch to be an inspired sacred texts. Jude, Justin Martyr, Barnabas, influential upon the authors of the New Testament, uh, including the Book of Revelation, very popular amongst the Essene Jews at Qumran. You know, it, it represents that earlier take on Scripture. The Ethiopian Bible is a very important Bible with an interesting table of contents. Spiritual meaning, the spiritual teachings, the foundational or key essential ingredients one can notice about the teachings of Enoch, the scriptures of Enoch. Meditation in the book of Enoch. It says in the book of Enoch, I will speak to you when you are alone. Be still and know I am God. Meditation in the Book of Enoch. Of course, that passage will sound familiar to some. It's also found in Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Meditation in the Bible. Be still and know that I am God. Communion with God and soul travel through the seven heavens. Enoch communed with God and soul traveled, seeing many visions of the heavenly realms. Enoch walked with God, lived a life of solitude and had all of these fascinating visions. Some teachings found in the Enochian scriptures, the name of God in the son of man or parables section of first Enoch the Supreme Being is called the Lord of Spirits. In Mat, the path of the Masters, the Supreme Being is called Radhaswami, which means the Lord of the Soul, sometimes also referred to as Radhaswami Dayal, the Merciful, or Compassionate Lord of the Soul. In this Son of Man, book of Enoch, the Son of Man section found in First Enoch, the Supreme Being is called something similar, the Lord of Spirits. I like that term actually, the Lord of Spirits. For great is the mercy of the Lord of Spirits, and He is long-suffering, and all His works, and all His forces. As many as He has made, He has also revealed to the righteous and the chosen, in the name of the Lord of Spirits. In his name they will be redeemed, and the Lord of Spirits will have compassion on them, for his mercy is great. Blessed is he, and blessed be the name of the Lord of Spirits forever and forever. May the name of the Lord of Spirits be blessed. The angel of peace answered me, or Enoch, saying, Wait a little, and you will see. And everything which is secret, which the Lord of Spirits has established, will be revealed to you. And they will seek the light and will find righteousness with the Lord of Spirits. And so there will be length of days with the Son of Man, and the righteous will have peace, and the righteous will have an upright way in the name of the Lord of Spirits forever and ever the faithful who depend on the name of the Lord of spirits. And in those days, the chosen one will sit on his throne and all the secrets of wisdom will flow out from the counsel of his mouth for the Lord of spirits has appointed him and glorified him. Some interesting passages referring to the Supreme being as the Lord of spirits found in the son of man section of the Book of First Enoch. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio after the break. More teachings and poetry and quotes, mystical steps and stages that can be noticed in the Books of Enoch. <laughs> Listen for my email address and text message number at the end of this segment, at the end of today's program, so I can send you a copy if you like. You can request a copy of the books of 1st, 2nd, and Enoch, all together in a single PDF file, or I can share with you a link to that book of Enoch, the whole thing, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, as an online book. There's a strong light mysticism to be found in the books of Enoch, visions of light, colors, angels, beings of light, heavenly radiance. The final passage I'll share with you today from the Son of Man section of the Book of First Enoch, referring to the Supreme Being as the Lord of Spirits. And there will be ceaseless light and the light will endure in front of the Lord of Spirits and the light of uprightness will endure in front of the Lord of Spirits forever. Sound mysticism in the Enochian scriptures, the sound of a trumpet, a heavenly sound of a trumpet induces the ascension of a soul to the heavens at the beginning of the book of Revelation, an out-of-body experience recorded in chapter four of the book of Revelation. After this I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up hither, come up here, and I will show you, I will reveal to you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. So, too, the sound of a heavenly trumpet is the activation of a near death experience or visionary ascension experience. In the book of third Enoch. Enoch raised upon the wings of the Shekinah to the place of the throne, the Merkabah and the angelic hosts. It says in third Enoch, and I took him, that is Enoch, from among them, and I lifted him up with the sound of a trumpet to be my witness together with the angels of the seventh heaven by the Merkabah in the world to come. Merkabah is a Hebrew word and means God's throne chariot and refers to the chariot of Ezekiel's vision. The goal of the Merkabah mystic was to enter the throne world after passing through seven heavenly regions. One of the key teachings of the Enochian scriptures is the ascension of the soul through seven different heavens. And it's not unique to Enoch, but is available to us all, and there are many descriptions of individuals ascending through the seven heavens. For instance, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 coined the term out-of-body, one of the first references in all of the world to an out-of-body experience, and describes ascending to the third heaven, the Apostle Paul referred to this third heaven as paradise. You know what? The Book of 2nd Enoch, a Jewish mystical text, very popular during the early centuries AD, also calls the third heaven paradise. Probably not a coincidence. Paul's terminology was evidently based on some form of Jewish mystical understanding about the nature of the heavenly realm. Certain visions, lights, and sounds not lawful to utter or disclosed to the uninitiated public are associated with each of the heavens and serve as markers along the way. In spiritual traditions such as Sant Mat, Sufism, Kabbalah and Gnosticism, and no doubt others in antiquity, there are passwords, sacred names associated with various heavenly regions given by a living teacher during one's initiation in order to help the soul pass from heaven to heaven during inward mystical journeys of ascension, especially the book of third Enoch has many such sacred names or passwords of power. Another book found in the Ethiopian Bible that describes a kind of near-death experience or ascension through the heavens is the ascension of Isaiah. And like a near-death experience at the end, it says, and this angel said to me, Isaiah, son of Amos." I set you free, for you have seen what no mortal man has ever seen before. Yet you must return to your garments of flesh until your days are completed. Then you will come up here again. Ascension of Isaiah chapter 11, verse 34 from the Ethiopian Bible. It sort of reminds me of a near-death experience where the person is told they have work to do still in the world and are being sent back to their body. Sounds a whole lot like that, doesn't it? One can attain the spiritual world through the practice of outward and inward holiness, excessive love of God, and the delight in his recollection, or zikr, and holy names, said Abraham he Hasid, a Jewish Sufi mystic. This following quote comes from Joan Borisenko from the book Seven Paths to God, the Ways of the Mystic. The first century rabbi Akiva ascended through the seven heavens and the seven palaces in the highest heaven by means of the passwords uttered to the angelic gatekeepers. His meetings with God were characterized by luminosity. Behold the scripture about Enoch the prophet, today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. Enoch, who communed with God and while alive, soul traveled through the heavens, hearing heavenly sounds, seeing heavenly lights, colors, encountering many beings and visions. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd Enoch represents some of the earliest scriptures of humanity articulating the off-world concept of soul travel that human beings, while alive, can commune with God and explore the various heavenly realms. That, indeed, it's part of our spiritual journey that we do experience such visions. That this is intended to be the norm, part of our spiritual heritage. A paradise lost that can easily be found again. A mystical journey back to Eden we're all invited to take. As it says of Adam in the Garden of Eden, existing not physically in this realm... But in the third heaven called Paradise, one of the inner regions of consciousness, I made the heavens open to him, that he should hear the angels singing the song of victory and see the bright, radiant light. If you'd like to receive a copy of the Books of Enoch, send me an email at this address, james at com. My email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com or text me at this number, 508-603-9381. Thanks and appreciation goes out to all of those who have donated, who support Spiritual Awakening Radio. There's a donate button at my website, spiritualawakeningradio.com radio.com Visit my website where you'll find links to podcasts on demand for free. And a link to the Spiritual Awakening Library of online books, blogs, social media, daily spiritual quotes, all available by going to radio.com. Tune in again next week at this same time for another edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio.